hello everyone. It's Nicole and welcome back to the 50 Conversations podcast. This is a podcast for anyone who has been recently laid off or who's just simply trying to navigate our new career chaos thanks to COVID. For about two months now, I've been saying we're a podcast with an identity crisis. Prior to COVID, this was a podcast that was focused on the future of work and a changing workplace. And I'm still talking about the changes in the workplace, but I'm definitely talking about a different kind. With mass layoffs on an unprecedented scale, I pivot away from talking about big career changes to focus on helping you find your feet after a layoff. Because with 30 million people out of work right now, we need all the help we can get. So today I'm going to be tackling a topic that's on a lot of people's minds when it comes to the job search, and that's networking. And I say it's on a lot of people's minds, and what I really mean is it fills people with dread and anxiety and they don't really want to do it. So that's why I'm talking about networking today. Today my goal is to really give you a reframe on networking to make it less awkward for you to connect with people during these kind of weird times. And I say weird times, and I mean kind of two things there, these times where you're trying to look for a job after a layoff and you're not exactly sure how to present yourself or you may lack confidence. I want to give you some some easy, low-key ways to network right now that are going to have a high impact but are accessible to you regardless of the fact that you've been laid off, okay? I also talk about weird times. I'm referring to just our general feelings right now around being in the middle of a global pandemic and trying to get shit done. It is hard and your job search is part of that. I can tell you I'm in the middle of my job search and things have been weird for me too lately. I can tell you I'm, I'm actually late getting this episode out to you because I'm adjusting to this new normal. You know, um, I'm adjusting to having a wonderful but very active baby at home that I have to take care of. I'm job searching while I'm checking in with family and friends. We're doing Zoom calls. I'm supporting my partner who works in healthcare. And I'm doing all of this while still trying to create my own space for joy and connection to the ones that I love. So that way I can combat that general anxiety that kind of comes with being in a global pandemic. So it's a lot. And saying it's a lot really actually feels like an understatement. So even our, our priorities, like, like for me, this podcast, have to shift sometimes in order to deal with our new normal. And I point that out because I think it's really important to acknowledge just how much we have going on right now as we try to navigate this new normal. And that includes your job search in these uncertain times. So if you need a break from job searching, take a break. Okay. I want to give you permission for that right now. There's kind of this school of thought that, you know, I can't, I can't stop this search until I have that job, right? Don't do that to yourself. Everybody needs time to take breaks in the job search. I take them. The job search is a roller coaster process. To give you an example of that, I had two leads on interviews for conversational design in the last two weeks and both of them just disappeared. One wrote me back and said they found somebody and the other never followed through that was kind of hard to deal with. And so I took a break. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't need to job search every single day. I came back to the job search a lot better uh, after taking, you know, a couple days off. So this is my reminder to you that, A, it's weird times out there and B, be kind to yourself. Give yourself permission to take some time off during your search. Okay. So right now, if you're thinking, hey, Nicole, I know you've got a book, but you said you're looking for a job. What, what's going on? You don't need a job. I want to just say I appreciate your thinking on that. Um, most of you know I have a book out there. The book is called Punched Out in the Face, How to Upskill, Change Careers, and Beat the Robots. And it's actually doing quite well. In fact, I'm on a 30-day marketing challenges with my publisher to make it even better. 
But uh, funny thing about authors, you know, we're not exactly getting six-figure advances here. Most authors make their money through speaking engagements, and since speaking engagements have really just dried up uh, as of as of well March because of COVID, and they're not happening, I most definitely need a job right now. So. I share that because we're in this career chaos together. I am rooting for you as, as I go through this process because it's not easy. Now it's time to move on to my weekly segment, This Week in Layoffs. And you guys, I got music for it this time. I tell you what, I'm really upping my game on this podcast. So there were three interesting stats in the last couple of weeks that I wanted to share with you for this week in layoffs. They really validate our career chaos that we're feeling right now. So the first stat I want to share with you comes out of the economic data firm MZ, and they do labor data analysis, and they put out a stat that said job postings have declined 44% in the last month. And I thought, that is wild. 44%, um, that's a lot of job postings that we're not seeing, obviously reflecting the fact that a lot of companies aren't hiring. And I started to notice that I'm starting to see some of the same jobs that I've always seen. And it's kind of frustrating when you go onto job boards and start seeing the same jobs. So I thought that stat kind of summed up what we might be feeling if you're logging on to look at jobs every day and you're seeing some of the same stuff. It's because there's just not as many jobs as stat that I want to talk about is the U.S. unemployment rate. It rose to 14.7% in April, uh, which is shocking, and I'm sure it's going to get higher once we get through May. But what I want to point out about that stat is that we also learned that the unemployment is in fact, isn't affecting us all evenly. Uh, women and people of color have lost their jobs at higher rates than white men. And I share that as a reminder that sometimes the numbers don't always tell the full story on what's going on. The last stat that I want to talk about today comes from a survey by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. They put out a survey every month, uh, and in it they ask people how much they expect their income to rise or fall over the next year and some other uh, job-related questions. And in this survey, they found that the average person thinks there's a 21% job, or excuse me, a 21% chance that they would lose their job in the next 12 months. And that is not surprising. I say that for anyone that's listening to this that is nervous about losing their job. That should kind of validate some of your fears. They said um, in the survey that those who earn less than 50000 had a worse outlook, saying there was a 25% chance they might lose their job. And I just share this because I want to let you know it's chaos out there. Um, I talk about it so you feel less alone as you go through this process of getting yourself back on your feet after a layoff. I tell you this because I know you can do it. I know it's hard. You're gonna you know, go through a lot of ups and downs in the job search and getting back on your feet after a layoff. And these numbers really attest to that. If there's fewer job openings, that means they're going to be more competitive. That means you're gonna have to probably do more than you're used to doing in a job search. And it also means that you will probably get rejected more than in prior job searches. So I tell you that to kind of, you know, be level with you and then that way we can work on some strategies to make it better going forward. I certainly know, you know, having just gotten rejected from two jobs after I had a glimmer of hope, man, that's hard. Um, but it's to be expected in a climate where, you know, there's so many applicants, employers can kind of do whatever they want at this point and not have much risk come with it. So 
I feel you out there. Um, what I'm going to talk about today, I'm hoping it's going to make it easier for you in the job search. I want you to be able to find and connect with people that will help you. And the way to do that is through networking. So with that segue, let's dive into today's topic, making networking less awkward. Now, networking is that, that topic that gives people a lot of anxiety. I used to teach a workshop called Networking Without Pants. And when I told people I taught networking, they always said, oh, I hate networking. So then I'd ask why, and they'd say, because it's so awkward. And I'd say, yeah, I get it. Networking is pretty awkward. Anytime you bring strangers together, you never know how it's going to go. Conversation can be kind of stilted. Even if you know each other, kind of, and you start talking about business or jobs, it can get a little weird. So networking isn't really that great. I'm not a person who's like, oh my God, networking is the best. I'm very functional when it comes to networking. Networking gets you things that you haven't always thought about. It gets you on a path. It teaches you things. It helps you meet interesting people who might help you out. I think about networking as a function rather than something I enjoy because sometimes you have to suffer through some of this awkwardness and terrible conversations just to get to the good stuff of networking. And that's okay. So yeah, networking is awkward, but honestly, fine. It can be awkward and you can still use it to your advantage. So what I want is for you just embrace the awkwardness of it. Say, yes, it's going to be awkward and move on and get busy doing it. And I will say, it's not really, you know, your fault that you're not networking. Networking itself needs a makeover because networking is standing around in awkward circles, trying to make small talk with strangers while avoiding that, that one guy who just talks at your face and brags about his work. I mean, we've all met that guy and we all hate that guy. So that is a small part of networking, right? If you go to an event, it's, it's possible that that's going to happen. But there is so, 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 so much more to networking than that. The basics of networking really come down to conversation. Networking is about conversation, full stop. It's a conversation between two people about a shared interest. Usually that interest is professional, but sometimes it might be personal and that's okay too. And we don't always start off talking about that shared interest. We might talk about some unrelated things and then get to the meat of the, the conversation, which is the shared interest. And that can trip people up too. I know small talk isn't anybody's favorite, um, but it's really a bridge to the bigger conversation. Now, the good news is that you can have conversations anywhere. And now, thanks to this global pandemic, you won't be standing in any circle listening to someone talk at your face. So take comfort in that. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> so network is, networking is all about quality over quantity. It's about quality conversations instead of talking to as many people as possible. So why are we doing this? Well, you've already likely heard about the benefits of networking. So I'm going to tell you specifically what I get out of it and what I've seen job seekers get out of it back when I was a career coach at Yale School of Management. So the first thing that I get out of it is that it will help you feel less lonely. Applying to jobs online and waiting just sucks. It sucks. It's lonely process. You, sometimes you never hear back. You get ghosted. It's a terrible feeling. So when you start networking and you're talking to professionals in your field or in a new field that you're interested in, you get to talk to people about things that you're curious about. You get to talk about professional subjects that you're interested in. It is purposeful. And it feels like progress, even though you don't know where it will lead. And that's kind of the point. You have to embrace this, the ambiguousness of it, right? I cannot tell you 
How many times when I was a career coach, I would have someone that would got an offer and I'd say, so, so how'd you get this job? And they'd be like, you know, we'd never believe it. I was having a conversation with someone just randomly and they knew someone at a company who introduced me to the hiring manager and that got me the interview. And these, this is why you network because you never know when someone might know of an opportunity or someone might connect you to something. So I think that's, that's part of the reason you network is feeling less lonely and having access to people. So the next reason why networking is so beneficial is because you're going to learn things from people that you can't learn from a company website or a job description. Now, I cannot tell you how many times a job seeker has uh, had a conversation with someone new and come back with insights about that company or the job that they didn't know and then use that in the interview to get the job. Really good example, um, when I was a career coach at Yale, I saw this happen to a student who was going for one of the top consulting firms. And he had talked to an alumni who was work, alumnus who was working at that consulting firm. And in their conversation, he got this insider information about what the company was doing. It, it touched on their strategy going forward and they were making some big changes. And he would have never known this as an outsider. So during the interview process, he was grilled about his thoughts on the company moving forward and he was able to talk about that company strategy. It was such an impressive conversation that he was the one that was hired over all the others. And this was an incompetitive, incredibly competitive position. So again, you're going to get insights on things that you didn't have. That's one of the huge benefits about having these conversations, right? And again, networking is simply conversations between two people about a shared interest. So that's the other benefit of it. The last benefit is that it's going to help you stand out. When you've got an average of 200 people applying for a job and that's in good times, you're gonna need referrals from inside companies to get you seen. I'll talk about a little bit about that later, but networking helps you stand out. That's, that's really the point of it. The more people you talk to, who you have good engaging conversations with, the more you're gonna make a good impression on them and they will think of you if a job that they know of pops up. That's what I get out of it. Now, I want to say, you may have heard a stat before that says like 80% of jobs are hidden and that's why you need to network. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's a bullshit stat. 80% of jobs are not hidden. That's a stat that was actually invented in the 70s and has been repeated over and over and over and over without anyone actually confirming it. And so I, I want to just point out this isn't about, you know, you're not looking for a hidden job. You're looking to make a good impression on someone. So that way they think of you when a job is available. Most people are not going to have a job available for you during a conversation. Um, you know, this stat is really from a time when this was when we didn't have job boards all over the place, right? People were the gatekeepers. These jobs are out in the open. You may not have heard about a job that someone tells you, but that doesn't mean it was hidden. They just didn't know about it. So get that out of your head. I don't want you going into this expecting a job. The person that you're talking to may not have a job for you. And that's okay. You're going to be networking to build relationships in case there's a job in the future or just to learn something that can help you in your interview process or your job search going forward. Okay. So before you begin networking, I'm going to remind you, I want you to embrace awkward. We, networking is awkward. Doesn't mean you can't do it. Just means it's not going to be comfortable, but that's okay because really nothing about the job search is comfortable, <laughs> right? It's vulnerable to open yourself up to new people in conversations. It's vulnerable to open yourself up to rejection. Some of this is gonna be really great and some will not, but that's okay. We're gonna embrace the awkward going forward. So first low key way for you to network after a layoff is to simply tell people what you're interested in. 
The other day, my brother-in-law asked me how my job search was going, and I told him it's been a challenge. And I told him why it's been a challenge. And I told him specifically that I was looking to do two different types of jobs. Um, now, this is someone who is not at all connected to my field, but that doesn't matter. He may sometime, at some point, know someone who is, or he may stumble on a job for me. So I say this because it's important to tell people how your search is going and to tell them what you're interested in. When my brother-in-law asked, I reminded him that I'm interested in working in conversational AI or as an instructional designer. And he, he nodded and thought about it for a while and he said, okay, right? And I told him that before, but again, May, somewhat, sometimes our interests change over the course of a job search, so it's, it's important to update people and let them know. I talked about this in the previous episode about the three things you need um, after a layoff, and one of them was building that layoff story. I want you to be able to talk about the fact that you were laid off and then tell people specifically what you were interested in. If it's changed in, since you've been laid off, that's fine too. Just make sure that when people are asking you, you just tell them what you're interested in. Make it easy for people to help you this is networking. This is a conversation about your professional interests. Also, you can return the favor. Ask them how work is going for them or if they too are job searching. Ask them what's going on with them and ask them what they're searching for. And when they tell you, tell them you'll keep an eye out for them. That's good networking right there. Next up, I want you to join an online community related to your professional interests. There is so much activity happening online right now thanks to COVID. Um, and you, if you haven't started participating in it, it's time to do it. There are Facebook groups, podcast groups, virtual meetups. Um, just to give you an example, here's some groups I'm part of. I'm part of a podcast Facebook group. I'm actually part of two of them. I'm in a Moms in Tech Facebook group. I'm in a Voice Design Facebook group. And I'm in an LGBT tech Slack uh, group. The thing I love about these online communities is they've always got people asking questions and advice. And you too can ask questions and get advice. You can connect around shared interests. Um, I've seen people post up that they've been laid off and then they say what they're looking for going forward and then someone will post a job and say like, hey, I just saw this job over here or hey, we're hiring in my company here. And that accomplishes two things. One, it, it feels good to open up about it, right? I've, I've talked about the need to, to be open about the fact that you're laid, you've been laid off and not be shamed about it. And I can guarantee you there are others in those face, in that Facebook group that that have also been laid off that don't want to talk about it. And so you're put, you putting yourself up out there is um, continuing the conversation about how there's no shame in being laid off. And then you're making yourself open to new opportunities. That's obviously the benefit to you. You never know what might come out of that. And when you join these communities, you can also help other people and stay engaged. You can start conversations about topics that interest you. You can contribute to conversations using your background and knowledge. By doing this, you start to feel a little less lonely, right? Again, you're connecting with people, you're contributing your expertise, and you can engage with people in conversations. This is networking. You're just doing it in a digital environment. Next up, I want you to join a webinar or a virtual happy hour. Again, thanks to COVID, we've got loads of webinars and happy hours happening. Last week, I joined a webinar from a consulting firm about workplace development and upskilling. I got a ton of useful information. I asked questions so I could be seen. And then I plugged my book in the chat. <laughs> a lot of people plug their LinkedIn. I decided to plug my book uh, because it was related to upskilling. Then I connected with some of the speakers on LinkedIn. I think this was like a drive-by networking because I did it all without leaving my couch, right? Like, this is what I'm talking about. You can join these online webinars, meet people, and also learn from people. 
I've seen everything from, you know, we're going to bake today to we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion. I've seen uh, happy hours uh, strictly for POC. I've seen happy hours that um, bring on recruiters to talk about their open jobs or have just, you know, five minutes for people who are on the call to share what companies are, uh, what jobs are open at their companies. So there's so many different kinds of happy hours and webinars out there that you can be part of that I want you to go find them and I want you to participate in them. So to find them, I start by subscribing to industry newsletters. I am subscribed to so many of them that I actually have an email address just for industry newsletters. I do not read them all. But when I want to check in on an industry or maybe join a webinar, a virtual hangout, I want to get some low-key networking in, I jump on some of these emails and see what's coming up. So for example, um, things I subscribe to, I subscribe to CBI Insights. They do an overview of startups and emerging industries. I'm also in Women in Voice. That's a community for women who work in voice design. I follow the Mom Project. They're doing a ton of webinars and stuff for job seekers. And also a shout out to Ladies Get Paid. They also are doing a bunch of webinars and online hangouts and both from like, here's a webinar for job seekers. And then there's like online hangouts that are like motivational and bringing community together. So again, find your your people out there. I talked about, you know, joining an online community. This goes further. I want you to participate in one of these virtual webinars or happy hours. Um, I can tell you um, when you're on the webinar, one of the best ways to stand out is to ask questions. You know, these webinars are so awkward that people don't always speak. So if you do speak, if you do ask a question, you're actually going to stand out. And the best part about webinars is that you know what it's going to be about ahead of time and you can see you speaking. So you could craft a question before the webinar even starts. So that way you don't have to be caught off guard when they ask for question and answer. You can just copy and paste your question in there. And what I love about that is that it gets you seen. And maybe you'll have a conversation around it. And what's, what's networking? It's simply conversation. Um, all the webinars too. You can introduce yourself in the chat window at the beginning and share your name. You can share your LinkedIn for anyone that wants to connect. This is low key networking and you can totally incorporate this into your job search. You know, I like to think about networking as just planting a bunch of seeds, right? You kind of throw them into the garden, you water them by doing all these activities and you never know what's going to pop up. And that's how it is. And when you join these webinars or virtual happy hours or communities, you never know quite what you're going to get out of them, but that's part of the process. So embrace it. The next thing I want you to do is to treat LinkedIn like you do Instagram. Okay. You need to hang out on LinkedIn and start scrolling just like you do on Insta. We all know that LinkedIn is the place for professionals and where you can be seen and network with others. And so I want you to treat it like you do Insta. I want you to start following interesting people. These can be thought leaders from your industry. They can be recruiters who work at companies that you want to work at. Recruiters often post positions that they're trying to fill. So it's a smart move to, to follow recruiters. And I don't want you to connect with these people. I just want you to follow them. LinkedIn offers you the option of following instead of connecting. And I really recommend it until you know more about the person and you have a reason to connect with them. So once you start following people, your feed is going to be filled with lots of interesting professional content. And I want you to start liking or commenting on updates that you find interesting. If it's a comment, tell them what you found is interesting about what they posted. This is low-key networking. This happens all the time. People comment on the things on LinkedIn that I post. I post, I would say, at least once a day. And that's because I want to engage my network. I want people paying attention to me. I want to have conversations with people who comment on my stuff. So 
That's low-key networking, and it definitely counts as networking, right? You're engaging in a conversation about shared interests. Next level networking would be then to tag people you think would be interested in information that you see. I know someone who does this. She always tags me in things that are related to, to AI, and I absolutely enjoy her tags, and I appreciate it. This is also networking. The other thing you should do while you're on, you're on LinkedIn and treating it like you would Instagram is that start following editors from LinkedIn and some hashtags. Now, the editors at LinkedIn are writing about trends in the workplace, and they've got some really good content. I highly recommend following Andrew Seaman, who's the LinkedIn news editor for Job Seekers. He puts together, a, a, I think it's a weekly newsletter called Get Hired that has tons of job seeker tips. He also puts out a comprehensive list of who is hiring right now. It's incredibly useful. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. I know I've linked to it in the past, but it is it is a very good overview of who is hiring everything from grocery store chains to tech companies. Also, I want you to follow the hashtag hiring now because companies are posting job openings on that hashtag and it's a good way to cut through the noise to just see who's hiring. And you may not find the job that you want, but it's another resource for you. So when I say treat this like Insta, I mean I want you to spend time scrolling through LinkedIn zoning out and scrolling. And I want you to start with 15 minutes a day. Okay. And honestly, if you could bump it up to 30, broken up in, you know, five, you know, six times a day or three times a day, there's my basic multiplication for you, then good. But I want you to spend time on LinkedIn and I want you to engage with people. This is low key networking. And the thing that I like about it is, is that other people in your network can see what you're doing. They can see your activity. If you're connected to any recruiters, they can see what you're thinking about, what you're talking about. You could also post your own content on LinkedIn. If you read an article that's related to your interest, your professional interest, post it. Ask people what they think of it. Again, this is networking. This is like walking up to a conversation, meeting people and saying, hey, I was just reading this really interesting article today and then talking about it, right? That's next level networking, but it's much easier to do in a place like LinkedIn. The other thing I really liked about LinkedIn is it's incredibly useful for resources. So for example, here are five things that I've seen in the past week on LinkedIn. An offer to get my portfolio reviewed by someone high up in my industry, which I definitely jumped on. I saw a new career change tool from JobScan. You may remember on the last episode, I did about automated resume tools. JobScan, I had mentioned, was an exceptional tool. Well, it turns out now they've got a tool for career changers where you can upload your resume and it'll tell you some of the job descriptions and career paths you could go down as a next step. I thought that was a super cool tool. And again, I'll put that in the show, show notes. I also learned about a list of companies that was hiring that I hadn't seen before. I learned about career coaches who were offer, um, offering free intro calls to their services. And again, I learned about multiple openings at different companies thanks to recruiters who were posting open jobs. Now, I follow a lot of recruiters on LinkedIn. This is over years of cultivating um, a lot of different people in my feed, but I'm seeing a bunch of job openings just because I'm on LinkedIn following recruiters. If you see a job that interests you that a recruiter has posted, you simply, and, and maybe you go to apply for it, you should go back to that recruiter's post and say that you applied. Then they look at your profile, so make sure it's on point, but that's a good way to stand out and get seen. And guess what? That's also networking. So you can see here, there's so much to be done on LinkedIn. I wanted to give you kind of just that chunk of things to keep you busy because LinkedIn is all about networking. 
it's seriously, it's, it's basically what you do on Instagram, just in a more professional context. All right, now for the final way to make networking less awkward for you after a layoff. I want you to talk to people whose work interests you. Now I said that uh, this is gonna be a low key approach. I kind of lied on this last one. This is not low key at all. In fact, this is the meat of what people want you to do when they say network. It's not going to events and handing out business cards. It's talking to people whose work interests you. And it does take some planning and some preparation, but I assure you, you can do this because networking is about conversation and you should be talking to people in your search. You should be talking to people who interest you, who are in roles that you want to work in, or who work at companies that you want to work out, work at. And these should be conversations about their work and what, what they do in a day. Because when you have conversations with people whose work interests you, your goal is to learn about their background and to learn about how they got into that role to hopefully figure out how you can do it too. So talking to people whose work interests you is actually called informational interviewing and it's a powerful networking technique. This is what people are talking about when they say you have to network in a job search. Informational interviewing is networking and it works so well because it helps you learn things that you wouldn't necessarily know about the job or how to get into a particular field, but it also builds your communication and relationship building skills, the very skills that you need in the job search, in the interview process, and once you're on the job. I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've seen people commit to informational interviews and in the beginning they're, they're kind of awkward at it and they don't know what to say and by you know 25 conversations in they're a pro at talking to strangers and having these conversations. Um, in fact, in my book, there's an exercise called 50 Conversations where I assign you the task of having 50 conversations about people's career backgrounds. And it's similar to what I'm talking about today. I want you to talk to people whose work interests you. Now, I do this every week. Last week, I talked to two people about their work. Uh, the other day, I had a really cool conversation with a CEO of a voice platform company. It's a company that created a platform to make it easier to design your Alexa conversations. And I learned so much for him. I wasn't trying to get a job at his company. I was simply interested in his perspective on the industry and how he was building his company. And I was really grateful to have that time. And now he's someone that's in my network and who, you know, if I have a question in the future, I could go to. But it was a really cool conversation to have. And that's informational interviewing. Now, this week, I'm actually going to be interviewed by a job seeker. She asked for an informational interview, and I said yes. And the reason that I did is because, one, she has a background in a field that's related to mine. But, two, she told me exactly what she wants to talk about. And that made it easy for me to say yes or no. She wrote the perfect outreach message. Here's what she wrote me. I came across your profile through the researcher for hire spreadsheet. I am super interested in your journey as a UX researcher with conversational AI. I'd love to have a chat with you if you are available. Thanks and stay safe. Short, sweet, tells me exactly what I need to know to say yes or no. And this is what you can do. You can find the people that interest you, write them a short message and ask to talk to them. You do it through LinkedIn. You find the people that are on LinkedIn that are posting the things that interest you, that are in the field um, working in a field that interests you, and then you reach out and you talk to them. This is informational interviewing and this is networking. Again, it's about conversations. 
And if you have to have conversations with people in your job search, you definitely have to be having them in times like these when, when it's so competitive. I mentioned before that the average job posting in good times gets over 200 applications. And I know that number is higher now. The other day I was looking at a job and LinkedIn told me there had been 439 applicants and that's only through LinkedIn. That doesn't count all the applications that go through the direct website or on other job platforms like Indeed. So you're looking at, you know, 500, 700 applications. It's real hard to get noticed in that. And so when you do these informational interviews, one of the benefits of them is that they can turn into an inside referral, which means that you may go to apply for a job and you know someone in that company and you can write them and say, hey, we had this really good conversation a month back. I'm actually applying at your company. Would you mind referring me to the hiring manager? I tell you, this is such a powerful technique. Um, I am not the first to suggest this. There are so many good resources out there that talk about the informational interview and why this is so important. I'm going to include them in the show notes. But this is the benefit of doing these informational interviews in addition to learning. You need advocates on the inside who will help you stand out and refer you in a competitive job search. I'll tell you, when I worked at Yale, it was well known that you would not get a job at Google if you didn't have an internal advocate. And the way to get it, um, that internal advocate, was to do those informational interviews. That's why people at Google are always getting hit up for informational interviews. Now again, you can't expect that people will have a job to refer you to. Don't go in thinking that they have this job for you. The point of it is obviously to learn from them, to get information, make a good impression. So that way if a job does open up, they may be able to refer you in the future and you can make that ask of them. So I'll put these resources about how to actually do the informational interview in the show notes. I wanted to make sure you had a good framework for doing this. And the framework is simply this, commit to a conversation with interesting people. That's it. That's all you're doing here. And you're going to build your conversational skills. Even if you're not that confident in conversational skills right now, you're going to build them. So I encourage you to go after it. Set yourself some goals. Make it a goal to talk to one person each week. One person who interests you. Okay? That's your goal. I'm curious, how is it going with everybody? I would love to hear from you about how your job search going, how you feel after a layoff. You can always send me a question about layoff that you want addressed in a future episode. You can reach me at hello at 50conversations.com. That's the number 50 conversations. So I hope you end up having some fascinating conversations over the next couple of weeks and that they lead to new opportunities and new insights. I leave you to embrace the awkward and get out there and have those conversations. And I look forward to hearing your success stories very soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Hello, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that show. I just want to let you know about my new book, Punch Doubt in the Face, How to Upskill, Change Careers, and Beat the Robots. It is currently available, and it's going to help you make some big moves in your career. If you're curious, check it out.